98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Lou. Hey, boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Wednesday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron? So we'll start with this whole DeAndre Ayton situation. So Phoenix Sun Center, DeAndre Ayton said he hasn't spoken with head coach Monty Williams since he was benched during a stunning Game 7 loss to the Dallas Mavericks in May. I haven't spoken to Monty. No, I haven't spoken to him ever since the game. And following those comments, Monty Williams spoke and was asked if not speaking with Aiton is something that has to be resolved. No, I, I think I haven't talked to a bunch of our guys. Um, as I said earlier this summer, like they, they needed a break from me, the gym. Um, unless you were in the gym like every day. I've had interactions with everybody, but talking to guys about deep stuff, there's a number of guys I haven't talked to. Come on, why are you making it such a big deal, Wolf? I... It's... You're the one... Honestly, I think it's brilliant. I do, Mal. I think it's brilliant. What do you think about this whole situation after hearing Monty Williams' comments? No, that, that what he said there when the question was, does, do you need to talk to him? Does there need to be a resolution here? And he was like, no. That's the one to me that... There's gray area with all of this. There, I don't think there's any gray area with that. DeAndre Ayton clearly sounds like and looks like a guy who's upset that his coach hasn't reached out to him. After the way last season ended, after whatever happened throughout the offseason, whether you want to believe it's going to derail this team or not, I don't yeah. think it is. I think they could easily resolve it. They could resolve it by tomorrow, honestly, Wolf, uh, if they want to. No, I, I agree with that, man. I think it's brilliant. I think it's all a last-ditch effort to see if this kid will respond and turn into the aggressive beast they want him to be. I do. The more consistent beast they want him to be. And if he does, they keep him. If he doesn't, they move him after January 15th. I'm just saying. Just saying. KD's still in the nuts. I think this is what they're doing. I could be so dead wrong on that. But I am the grassy. Yeah, but KD's actually talking to his coach, and somehow that's not happening here. Surprisingly, after calling for him to get fired. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> if he can work that out, I mean, DA Monty, you guys can figure it out. But our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks Who do you blame more for the silence between DeAndre Eaton and Monty Williams? Your choices, DA, Monty, or both? Uh, man, blame feels like a strong word because I don't know what the intention is here. But if if it was, I'm not really... saying it's your fault. I'm saying I'm blaming you. Oh, okay, yes, that's how it works. If I have to blame somebody, if this was really an oversight by Monty Williams, if he really believes, well, I didn't talk to Mikel that much this off season. They are not the same person, and yeah. Monty Williams, I would think, would be more in tune with that than anybody. So if there's actually a problem and it's somebody's fault, I yeah. gotta lean more towards Monty. In this you know case. what I'm gonna do on this one, right? Right here, I'm going to blame DA. DA, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I just slam the ball. I'm, jump, dunk. Hey, I'm jumping. I am jumping on board with this James Jones. Monty no Williams. pun intended. <laughs> I am jumping on board right now. What are you going to do about it, DA? Huh? 
huh? <laughs> what are you going to do? Are we going to have to play waiting on Aiden again this year? Waiting on Monty or call DA? I love it, man. This is brilliant. 51% say it's both of their faults. 39% say Monty Williams. And then 10% say DeAndre Ayton. So the Arizona Cardinals are gearing up to take on the Panthers on Sunday in Carolina. And stop me if you've heard this before. But according to Adam Schefter, Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey did not practice today due to a thigh injury. What? He's, but he's always on the field. Yeah. Except the 14 games a year he doesn't play. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? At least you know where to target. <laughs> wow. I'm just joking. All right. Just because we did it back in my day, I'm not saying that would have mattered. thigh contusion? Oh, what? what's wrong? Christian, you got a thigh? Oh, I'm sorry, I took my crown and I put it right on your thigh. I'm sorry about that, buddy. If I had known, I wouldn't have. Here's the problem, though, with Christian McCaffrey. If he's playing, you can't catch him. It doesn't really matter what part of his body's hurt. It is If hard. he's actually playing. If he's actually playing, I think he's. if he's not the most explosive player in the NFL, he's one of the top two or three. Stop it. Don't hit me up on Twitter. That was a joke. Kind of. <laughs> so we'll keep the theme of running the ball. Kyler Murray spoke to the media today and discussed the importance of the run game. I mean, I think it. I think it has to. Um, well, I know it has to. You know, um, I think uh, offensively, you can't run the ball. You, you know, it's going to be tough days. You know, so, and that's that's when we're throwing the ball fifty-eight times. Obviously, you know, when we got we got everybody fully loaded and ready to go, um, the guys that we have out. You know, get get hot back, Tweez, Rondell, and then you know, Keys and stuff like that. Within, um, and have everybody else that we do. Then it would be easier to do those things. But right now, situation we're in, um, yeah. Even with those guys running the ball, you got to run the ball. You have to. So does that mean more ten personnel? No, no, it doesn't. How do you feel about that, Wolf? That, that point, you know, oh my goodness! You had like nine physical reactions during that. I Kyler honestly, clip. right now, just want to hug him. Uh, yes, twelve personnel. That's what we need. Twelve personnel. We got to do it in rundown situation and use play action to throw the ball off of it as well. It is a beautiful thing. It is beautiful. They cannot defend it if you execute it correctly. They can't. They got to guess. And anytime you're guessing on a football field, it usually blows up in your face. It's not good. Falling off your chair out of excitement. No, seriously, the chair's moving further away from the microphone. Wolf's almost halfway down the hall and into the newsroom. I mean, since we already got Wolf going, I mean, Kyler was also asked if it matters to him if he's under center or in the shotgun. Oh, Does it matter to me? I, it matters in the sense of... Uh, you know what it takes to be successful. You know, I I, I definitely uh, I'll do whatever it takes to win. If it if that calls for me being under center, um, then it does. But I mean, I, I would say yeah, it matters if you know. And I'm not done yet. <laughs> he was also asked if being under center could help the run game. It depends. Uh, it depends on the scheme. What we're doing, you know, if we're going to hand it off, or um, the only you know the thing about if I'm under center, they say it takes away the, the ability for me to keep the ball and all stuff. It's you know, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it. Yeah, no, it doesn't because here comes the bootleg off of it, Kyler. I love this. This is great. Did you sneak I'm, out of here and go ask I, questions? Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take what I'm hearing from Kyler Murray right now and put that in the positive column. <laughs> You're just going to put Kyler in the I'm positive still, column. Yes, Kyler, yes. You can run the ball. A little bootleg. A little waggle. 
Look, everybody, Kyler's running the ball. You can actually get out on the perimeter, get out on the edge, and throw the ball. Look, Zach Ertz is wide open in the flat. I'll just throw it to him. Okay. I'm I, I couldn't tell if at the end there he stopped himself because he didn't want to give too much away or if he's like, I don't want to keep this. This is fine. I've told you all I need to tell you. Here we go, Kyler. I, I want to know go, who baby. asked those questions because I really feel like Wolf snuck out of here during one of these commercial breaks and Woo! sprinted down the Cardinals and asked some Wolf-related questions. This is what I'm talking about. This is what you've been talking about. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, as always, Aaron. When we come back, what's been the cause of the Cardinals getting off to such slow starts in these games? We're going to ask two-time Super Bowl champion Max Starks. Maximum football is next. It's Wolf and Luke on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Day. It was Gru. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Starks is joining us. That means it's a Wednesday, Wolf, which means it's almost, we're basically almost into the football week. Maximum football. It's a good Thursday. Did you see the uniforms the Bengals are wearing tomorrow? Yeah, the all-whites. Yeah. Yeah, like it. the white helmet too, like I do, everything. I'm yeah. it. Max Starks joining us right now. I'm sure he wants to talk about how cool the Bengals are. Max, how you doing? Hey, guys. How are we today? We doing good? I'm doing great, man. Are you kidding me? Kyler Murray, they, actually, yeah. they just were talking to Kyler about being under center more and whether or not he's okay with it. I love it. You need to engage the conversation. It's the happiest I've ever seen, Wolf yeah. Max, so you have good timing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, listen, it needs to happen. If you want to be a full-fledged team that can be multidimensional offensively, yes. you're cutting yourself in half by doing everything from shotgun. Yes. Yeah. It's like a, it would be like a magician showing you all of his tricks. <laughs> I love and, it. And then and then expecting you to be amazed when when he does. Dude, you just showed me that you have like the little trick thing that shoots the card up to your hand. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it might be interesting like the first time around, but by the seventeenth yeah. time you've watched it, you're like, I already know what's happening. Your analogies are the best, man. <laughs> it wasn't even yeah. <laughs> especially, right, exactly. the, especially the food analogies. No, don't bring. I'm, I'm hungry already. Okay, good. Uh, all right, Max. Um, there's been a million different ways to talk about how much the Cardinals have struggled at the start of these games. Being outscored 31 nothing in the first quarters, you know, they haven't led at all all season except for the final second of the Raiders game. But starting with just the, the, the slow starts and falling behind and playing from behind, what in your mind is, is a potential cause for that? You know, I, I think it's honestly, it, it's because, and I'm going to come back to this point, I said at the beginning of the year, when you don't play in the preseason, the first three games of the season are your preseason at that point, right? Yeah. You've essentially just moved back your progress. So when we're seeing the Cardinals right now struggle out the gates, it's because there's no offensive chemistry between everyone. And you've added new pieces, you've changed things around, and... These guys haven't repped it live until you get into the games. And so I think, honestly, that's what it is. I think as we get into what I think this week and next week and moving forward into the second quarter of the season, I think you're going to see, you know, this Cardinals offense 
come alive, and especially when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. But um, I think that's really what it is. It comes down to guys have not played together. You had a bunch of guys injured, and guys are coming back. So everybody's kind of getting the paces and getting back into a groove with each other. And you're doing it on a competitive environment. I think that's the other thing that makes it so tough is that, you know, you're sitting here and, you know, you're playing competitive, tough games right out the gate. And you guys, it's almost like a shock to the system. Now, granted, this week will not be a shock to the system. It's the Carolina Panthers. But <laughs> um, this is a good test for the Cardinals on the road going to Charlotte. Obviously, we'll see how the weather is by then um, with the hurricane. But, you know. This is something I think that'll be a good thing. I think this will get everybody back into rhythm with a team that's 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 good, that's okay, but this is a game you expect the Cardinals to win. And just just looking at the rosters, I'm sorry, I will never give Baker Mayfield credence. Yeah. Um, and leading this Carolina team, and you know they have Christian McCaffrey. That that's literally the only saving grace offensively for them. And um, you know, I, I just I think it's just a matter of they got delayed because they did not participate in the preseason. Max, how would you, what do you suspect the offensive line would like to see? Especially in the first quarter. Do you think they'd like to come off the ball a little bit maybe and run the ball and get a little greasy on the very first series? Do you think they'd like to do more of that? Uh, Wolf, I don't know of a single offensive lineman that has ever been an offensive lineman or would like to be an offensive lineman that would not say, please let me run the ball. If you if you had an offensive lineman actually run out, right out the first 15, you might have 14 straight run plays in a screen. Like that's literally, we would, we would not script a single pass unless it was like a three-step drop where we just cut everybody at the line of scrimmage. Like you're not getting that in there. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think... You would, and, and more so going right at people, right? Yes. The Sean Coogler DNA. You want to go gap. You want to go power. You want to yes. go wham, trap, and just blow people up. That, that's honestly what they'd like to do. And I, and I think, and they have the personnel to do it. They have guys who, who can go out there and accomplish that, but it's just, like you said, it's just taking the, taking, taking the leash off the dog, right? And just letting them hunt. And that's what you have to get with this offensive line. Cause I think yeah. all of those guys would agree with that. But Max, so many People, I think they they look at running the ball and they don't think of starting quickly. You know what I mean when you run the ball. Yeah. It is, I think they you know you need to get into a rhythm throwing the ball and and you need to be able to do that and get the ball out quickly. And you know everyone I think focuses on that when running the ball. You could man, you could get up there and run the ball and still start quickly. You know I, I, I think absolutely yes. Uh, no, go ahead, Max. I, I was going to say. I, it, it, you know who you know the people that complain about that are the people that play fantasy football. Exactly, and they need their wide receivers to get points. You're right. Those are the people crying the loudest about it because who's to say you can't go punch somebody in the mouth and get a 25 yard gain? Yes, right. Or you have a breakaway, you know, 75 yard run to start a game. You can do that. It's legal to do that. And if you get the if you block a body on a body, guess what? And you got poor tackling like the Carolina Panthers have in their secondary. This absolutely a possibility. Yes. And that is a fast start. It's just people think because it's not air yardage. Right. It's not traveling across 
you know, the air into a receiver's hands <laughs> for one point of contact to another, they think that oh, it's four yards, in, you know, four yards in a cloud of smoke, uh, dust. No, this is you so can absolutely boring. go blow them off. <laughs> yeah, you could go blow somebody's face off and just blow the barn doors open. Right. Trust me, Max, it, sounds, it happens all the time. <laughs> sounds like such an offensive lineman right now. We're we're hitting all the we're pushing all the wolf buttons here. You got Kyler talking about Man, playing I'm from under center. You got Max saying fantasy football is ruining offenses. Uh, real quick here, this is Greg Dortch talking about the focus on the slow starts for the Cardinals. I, mean, I just feel like we're close. We're, uh, we're missing out on little things that um, eventually um, you'll, you'll start to see it click, but uh, I think we just need to go out and just continue to do what we've been doing. Um, and I feel like I feel like it's going to turn around for us. We just got to focus on the little details and um, everything that are playing out the way supposed to. Yeah, Max, the, the flip side of this, and we talked to, to Cliff Kingsbury about this on Monday, too. You know, you, you want to make sure everybody's focused because this is obviously an issue and, it, and it's putting them in a real tough spot in these games. But is there a, a risk of almost over-focusing on the first series or two of the game and then all of a sudden you're, you're kind of doing more damage than good? Yeah, I mean the first series is your is your first fifteen scripted plays. Like that that that's every team does it. That is what we have scripted. That's what we've prepped for. This is what we expect, and this is what we're sticking to for the first 15 plays of the game. Now, if you score in seven, then you come back to that. You score quickly. You score long. You you run out of plays. Then you start playing the, you know, the chess match. But the first 15 is what your bread and butter is. It's your base offensive plays that you feel strong about versus whatever the defense can throw at you. We can still run these. So I think it's more so executing those top 15 versus scheming those top 15. That makes sense, uh, Luke. Yeah. No, you almost just called me Wolf. No, that totally does. Does. I did. I almost did. I almost did. I was like, I was like, no, Luke, Luke asked that question. It's okay. All right. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Max is going to stick around where you get his thoughts on the Sun situation. Monty Williams, DeAndre Ayton, that interaction between player and coach. I'm guessing Max has some uh, experiences he can relay. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. With Wolf and Luke, brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Max Starks is joining us here, and of course, Max is here for Maximum Football, so we tend to talk about football things here, but we're going to take a quick break from that, switch over to basketball with everything going on with the Phoenix Suns and the stuff from this week, even, where DeAndre Ayton didn't sound like himself at all on Monday, Wolf, and you and I talked about it, and we kind of finally got to the conclusion that maybe he was trying to send a message, or he was just having a bad day, but it seemed like he was almost trying to send a message, and then uh, and then certainly yesterday, he just went ahead and said what that message was <laughs> he has not been spoken to by his own head coach so max let's um let's start there i mean stuff happens right you're going to have conflict between a player and a coach do you see this as a as a, a big deal if it doesn't get resolved before the season you know i i don't i don't see it being a big reason but i think also you know you have to take this with a you know with a uh, grain of salt i mean the fact that 
you've got a lot of other issues going on <laughs> with your organization. Mm. And we know the offseason was the offseason, right? As far as, you know, how DeAndre Ayton was viewed in free agency and the whole, Ke- you know, Kevin Durant sweepstakes and figuring out what was going to be, if he was going to be in the team or if the, the offer sheet was going to come from the Pacers, blah, blah, blah. But he's here. He agreed to those terms. And I think it's just... You know, it comes a time where you just you have to kind of put things in perspective, but you also have to put things behind you and grow from it. I think there's a lot of tension within the organization and a mixed emotions and feelings. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're all we, we play, you know, as grown men, you play competitive sports. There's testosterone, there's yes. adrenaline mixed in there and there's feelings and emotions in the moment. And I think in the moment has to be simply taken as that. It's an in the moment thing. It's not. It's not a true decree or or a declaration of how I will always be. But I think for DeAndre Ayton, you know, he he's still feeling out his his emotions. I mean, the dude thought he was going to be a franchise multi max guy, and so he's not. And of course, the way things ended at the end of that last playoff game that I was literally sitting across from the Suns bench on watching Game Seven. That right downtown there in the arena. I'm sorry. And disappointed as all. Get out. Oh, trust me. Trust me. Listen. I, I was sitting there and I had crammed myself into the seat. I wasn't moving. I was like, they're like, hey, man, you want to leave in the third quarter? I said, nope, because it's going to take me about a quarter to get out of this chair. Um, but yeah. but no, but it was also I wanted to see, you know, just how the fight would would end for this team. How would they fight for the end? And I think it was a gas team. And so there was just no answers in the moment um, for the Suns because they just had nothing left in them. And we saw that. And I think, you know, every year's a new journey. Not every year is going to be the same. Just because you did last year is not it means it's guaranteed this year. And I think they kind of realize that. You know what's amazing about it? I think they're doing it on purpose just as a last ditch effort to see if this kid will finally get it. If he'll go out and play with the passion, the intensity, and the aggress- the aggressiveness he needs to. Ah, that's just me. I could be dead yeah. wrong on that. But for me, this is a tactic that you would use as a coach. Have you ever ever played for a head coach you didn't like, Max? Have you ever played for a head coach? I, 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 I have to. I have to answer that. Oh, the statute of limitation is up. Yes, I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you right now, as a pro, I, I didn't like one of my head coaches at all. I did not get along with him at all. I didn't like him. And it wasn't going to change. My performance wasn't going to change me in the least. I think they're trying to get some type of reaction from DA. That's just me. Well, and I think it also means that, you know, what we've seen, is it manufactured because you're up for a contract? Is it manufactured because it's Chris Paul in your ear? Can you self... Not, I, won't, I don't want to say self-medicate, but can you self-diagnose <laughs> no, you yourself? No, you do not want to say that. No, you don't want to say that. Do you want to? <laughs> can you self-diagnose yourself and get yourself up? You know what I'm saying? Like you don't need other people to have to push, prod, poke you to do it. Yeah. Can yeah. you just be a beast because you are a beast? Right. Right. Can you just decide? I'm going to take over the paint. Nobody is going to get in this area. For this quarter, and then it switches and goes back, whatever. Um, 
can I can can I can I can I dominate this area? Because I know I have we've seen him have the skills to do it. Yes. We know he has the athletic skill set, but it's the mentality. And when you think of guys that you want to usually give a max contract to, it's the mentality. It's the assassin. It's the bully. You know, it's the bulwark. It's yeah. whatever you whatever phrase of of imposing and domination you want to use, those are the guys that usually get it. And so you can't self-proclaim it or it be, uh, I need it, but I need this guy to be here for me to unlock it. I can't. I lost the key. He knows the combination. So I need him here for me to be a max player. No, you have to be a self-made dog. This uh, Max, I, I'm of the belief that this is easily fixable. If it really was just an oversight, uh, but you know, if it's intentional, like Wolf is saying, then that's something that you probably would carry into the season. I hear what you guys are saying about you know you don't have to like your coach, and I agree with that, especially in football. I agree with it in hockey. I agree with it to a certain extent in baseball. Basketball is a much smaller team, and this was such a tight knit team. Isn't there some risk if they go into the season and we get two or three months into a season and Da's like, yeah, I'm playing for my teammates, but I don't like the coach I see every 20 seconds uh yeah but I just I don't I but I don't I don't see that being being the real deal I think like I said I think it's just emotions in the moment right I think once you get into a season once you start locking in you know everybody's going to have that buy-in even if you are playing for your teammates only that's not necessarily the worst thing ever I mean great things have happened when guys have only played for their teammates and not for the coach um play for yourself Max that's what I would say I honestly I I didn't need to go play for my teammates you didn't, but since you're a part of a team construct and you need those other players to play well, you know, I get why you make that statement, but yes, you look at it, you are playing for yourself. You're playing for your contract. You know, say you're playing for a big deal. So you I, are in essence still playing. Card. Yeah, see, there you go. I don't even know what that means, but cool. (laughs) I mean, honestly, Max, to me, go play for yourself. Play for your family. Play for who you are as a man. What you're saying. But those are the first two things you're doing. Yeah, those are the first two things you're doing, and then team is third. Let's not be naive to the fact that this is DeAndre Ayton. And so do you really see DeAndre Ayton? And like I said, Max, I tend to agree with you, but if there is any intention behind this with Monty Williams, do you really see DeAndre? DA, okay, he just got paid, and he's going to play all season not liking Monty Williams. I don't think he's going to play well. I mean, Devin Booker, maybe. Kobe Bryant, maybe. DeAndre Ayton, I, I, don't, I don't think that that's – it just it doesn't fit his personality. Maybe that's the goal is to get him out of his normal personality. Yeah, I want DA out of his normal personality because when he's out of his normal personality, he balls. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to hear another press conference where he's talking about I'm an entertainer. No, yeah. no, you're 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 a basketball player that entertains me. That's that that that's what it comes down to. You can think of yourself however you want to say, it, but you are a basketball player first. Your identity. If you walk in a grocery store and you walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, where's the Great Northern Beans at?" They're gonna say, "Oh my God!" Even if they don't know who you are, did you play basketball? Oh yeah, I'm an entertainer. You know, um, I don't look at myself as a basketball player. I like to entertain people. You know, I don't like doing jump hooks all day. I like to run and jump, shoot the ball. So doing this is fun. And, you know, uh, I look forward to uh, times like this, playing in front of everybody and showing what I got.
sounds like that was so 100 years ago. It sounds like that was it, so not even the like same guy. nails on a chalkboard. It is so bad. <laughs> uh, all right, Max going to stick around for more Maximum Football. When we come back, Kyler Murray spoke today after practice. You already know some of what he said. We'll get you some more next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Arizona Sports. Max starts. Max starts. Maximum Football. With Wolf and Luke. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Max Starks is here. Uh, Kyler Murray spoke today because it is a Wednesday, and this tends to be when Kyler speaks. So we have Max here to help uh, analyze some of what he is saying. Uh, just spoke after practice. Kyler Murray on here. I'll just start here, Wolf, because I found your clip. If, you. it, if it matters to him, uh, if he is under center or in the shotgun. Does it matter to me? I, it matters in the sense of... Uh, you know what it takes to be successful. You know, I I, I definitely uh, I'll do whatever it takes to win. If it, if that calls for me being under center, um, then it does. But I mean, I, I would say yeah, it matters if you know. All right, Max. I'm going to let you react because if you if you let Wolf go first, the show is going to end before you get to talk on this one. So, what do you think when you hear Kyler Murray say that? Well, my, how far we've come in, in what will be almost 50 games uh, from someone who seemed to be almost you know, allergic to going under center to now coming to the premise that, you know what, I don't like getting hit and I like making big plays. But, you know, so maybe there's something to this under center thing, you know, but... Uh, I, th- I think I think it is a shift. I think it is something that it, listen. While he says it, hold him accountable to it. <laughs> like like don't let that go. You know, and and I think once you start to realize in the NFL versus college how much of an advantage that is. Yeah. Like you don't you can't give the the opponent anything that's a cue, a tendency, a quirk anything or else they're going to run with it and they're going to try and key out. That's why they call it keys. They're keying you. And when you stand in the backfield then you have to declare a running back to your left or to your right or if you're doing the pistol and he's behind you they can see everything that's going. There's no sleight of hand. So when you run play action, it's a lot tougher to run play action without turning your shoulders and then now you're turning yourself away from the defense and you lose sight of what the secondary looks like and what the blitz scheme is going to be. Under center, as you're coming back and you're making that fake and you're holding it in your belly, it's a lot more it's a lot, it's a lot more mysterious. And the defensive ends on the edges, do I close? Do I just play upfield and play contain? I don't know. And now you have the advantage. If I, if I don't want to hand it off to my running back because I see that defensive end close on the backside, I'm pulling it and booting it out the back door. But if he does stay in contain, I'm going to hand it off. I mean, those are just the little things that you get. And that's not even talking about the play action and when a guy runs a belly dive up in that middle linebacker comes up in the line just enough and Zach Ertz can pop right over the middle or you're sending somebody in a crossing route over the middle, you give them between the hashes now free because that linebacker ducked forward three yards and now he can't he can't recover. All of those things make sense when you're under center. And it's good to be a uh, you know, in shotgun as well, because you have more distance, yes. you can create more space. 
but there's a time and a place for all of it and at least have all of the tools in the bag. Well, and most of this conversation with Kyler today seemed to start by uh, him talking about the importance of the running game. I think just in general, but especially this Sunday in Carolina where it's going to be raining. And then that led to the conversation about being under center. And so the follow-up was, okay, would be uh, being under center more potentially actually just help the running game? It depends. Uh, it depends on the scheme, what we're doing, you know, if we're going to hand it off or um, the only, you know, the thing about if I'm under center, they say it takes away the, the ability for me to keep the ball and all the stuff. It's, you know, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it. <laughs> a lot of stuff goes into it. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't. It's a lot of science yeah. and uh, science, geometry, but you know angles. What? I don't think it hurts his chances of keeping the ball. I don't. It's called a bootleg. No. It's called exactly. a waggle. You know, get out yeah. on the perimeter, man. You can run it sometimes when you get out there, right? To let alone throw it as well. I, I It gives you the option of doing either or. So, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I think it would help him. I'm not talking about 40 times a game. I'm not. I'm not no. saying that suddenly it's got to be dominant that he's under center. I'm not. I've said this for the longest time, man. You tell me that there's 14, 15. Maybe you get a little kooky and you go 17 snaps under center. Just something where when you need to go under center and need to beat a team by by putting your quarterback under center, you can do it. And that to me typically um, shows itself in the late part of the season and in December where it's, it's an inclement weather maybe you're faced with and now all of a sudden you've got to do some things that are a little bit different, whether it's the red zone, situational football, being able to convert on short yardage and goal line situations or running the ball in the red zone. I mean, you've got to be able to do everything. That's why I say mix it all together, Max. And once again, Wolf, like I said, it just presents a different avenue and more tools in the bag. It's just more for the I, defense to prepare for. Exactly. And and, and that's the thing. It You just want to make it as as I like to see it, as ver- as well-versed and as differentiated as you can to where the defense can't hone in on what you do good, right? It's almost like going to a buffet, like, hey, man, I really want some carved turkey. Oh, well, let's go to the buffet. It's like, well, okay, where's the carved turkey? There's like 17 different stations, all this other stuff. I forgot what I what I, what I was looking There's for. my food so now, now I'm hungry. Hey, once again, and we're t- we're at one o'clock, so you're you're good. Okay, you're good. One more hour, one more hour, bud. Right. Just let that apple, just let that apple or that protein bar you got there just resonate. I have water. Just let it warm up Thanks. a little bit. But what if you uh, hate the buffet? Yeah. <laughs> right? What if you hate, hate like I can't stand the buffet? All right, honestly, people breathing all over your food that's that you're fair. eventually going. Well, to that's eat. why they have the little the little splash guard, squeeze no, guard I thing, know, right? It's guard. just it doesn't seem a very effective. Well, I mean, but well, people keep going. Again. Well, people keep going there, uh, Wolf. I mean, so you I think it is pretty do. effective. And your brother does. That's why I'm, I'm like, what household were you raised in? I me, know, me, me, me and Craig talk about it all the time. I, I mean, know. We're talking, what are you doing, Craig? And, and okay, do you like lasagna or no? Listen, I do like lasagna. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Because I, I, I don't know if I had to call your mom after that. Like, listen, I don't know if Ron's been in Arizona too long, but I feel... 
feel like he's getting a little different. No, 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 and look, the actual arbitrary numbers of the stat, I don't want to get too caught up in them. Just more of the concept. Cardinals 9-1 and when Kyler Murray runs 10 or more times in the game. They're 14-14 when he runs 5-9 to nine times. And when he's got four or less attempts, he they are 0-11-1, including the postseason. So those are pretty distinct numbers. Kyler was talked or was asked about it today on uh, on how much it impacts the team when he runs. And now that audio is just gone. Uh, here we go. Yeah, I, I've seen the stats and stuff like that. Uh, but again, like I said, I, I, the, call, the plays that are called, I try, I try to go out there and execute them. All right, so Max, just what do you think of, and maybe not so much what Kyler just said right there, but just the, the concept that this has been the age-old debate with Kyler Murray. You don't want him to get hurt. You don't want to be stupid and just constantly run him. But there is a point when he doesn't run that he's not, he's not as dangerous of a weapon. This offense isn't as dangerous either. Well, I, and I agree with that. When you have a mobile quarterback that's as skilled as Kyler Murray, yes, that is going to be what you're going to focus on. You want to get that guy out there. That's why they're called dual threat guys. They can beat you with their legs. They can beat you with their arm. That's why you get them all out and about so that you have two-way goes. Um, but, you know, to make Kyler Murray a pocket passer, I don't think he has the – the, uh, how am I going to be nice about this? He, he's not tall enough. Okay, he's not tall enough to sit there and be just a pocket passer. Like you have to be on the move. Um, you have to look for those windows. You have to create those windows. And sometimes you have to be able to move the defense with your feet. And that's what he does when you are of a different stature. Um, so I think yeah, it, it, that, that's an effective stat because you're talking about a guy that's sub six foot playing a quarterback position. So you have to use. Just like under center, you got to use all the tools in the tool in, in, in the in the toolbox, and that's one of them. His legs equalize him with everybody else. That's what makes him just as good as a passer as a six foot seven guy because he's going to be able to go on the move and he has the athleticism to be able to do those things. But if things do break down, he's not going to throw it away. He could just run away. Guys like Tom Brady, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, they're not out there running the ball. These are the best quarterbacks in the National Football League. And one of the reasons why is because they attack the line of scrimmage and then use play action to throw the ball. That's what they do. That is enough right there. You throw in the fact that Kyler Murray can pull the ball down and run. Um, that to me, uh, that makes him so much more effective. It does. But if you're telling me, Max, that you have to run Kyler Murray and design runs to make your offense work, now you're in all sorts of trouble. Yeah, but so Kyler isn't really running that much either. He's 11th among quarterbacks in the NFL in rushing attempts and 10th among quarterbacks in rushing yards. And... They've made it clear they don't want to be like, hey, Kyler's not Jalen Hurts. He's not Lamar Jackson. He is not a run-first quarterback. But he's one of the most dangerous runners in the league, and we saw it in the Raiders game. And and the only reason I even bring it up here, other than the fact that he was asked about it, is early in these games, he doesn't seem to be running much, and they don't seem to be producing any points. In fact, they aren't producing any points. Uh, we come back. We're three weeks in. Only two undefeated teams are left somehow. Who do we trust around the National Football League? Max is going to weigh in with us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports. Station.